Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, coming to you on a Monday evening, a little rainy here in Vancouver. Uh, great weekend behind us. A lot of uh, good sports to break down. Got a great UFC card behind us and uh, some NBA to talk about. Not much else other than uh, World War III. We're sort of on the verge of uh, seeing. So, uh, yeah, sports has taken a bit of a backseat sometimes to uh, the politics of the world. But uh, let's break down the sports anyway and uh, bring in our favorite guest, Jason Cameron. Uh, hey, Jason, uh, thanks for joining us today to do this. Yes, I know. Um at least sports gives us uh, something else to think about other than like, you know, you know, World War Three, a potential World War Three, which hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get to that point. We all hope this. We, we really all pray for this. But um, but for now, for now, we shall focus on our sports yeah. and what's good in the world, which is sports. And there were good fights on this past weekend. I, 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 I quite enjoyed them. Uh, especially this our, our 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 main event, the main fight of Mr. Bobby King Green versus Islam Makachev. Sure. And ooh, ooh, I kind of saw this coming. I just didn't think it was going to be that fast. Yeah, it was just a complete domination. Uh, Bobby Green's, you know, blamed it on uh, short notice coming in. Uh, Benil Daryush was supposed to be the opponent for Islam Makachev on us. He broke his ankle, uh, had to pull out. Uh, Bobby Green got 10 days notice coming into this fight. He had only fought uh, the previous weekend. Uh, This would have tied him for the third fastest um, uh, amount of time between wins and uh, two weeks is a pretty tough to turn around. one of the biggest things that blew me away was he said he was 195 pounds when he got the call. Uh, he couldn't make 155, so they made this a catch weight fight at 160, but he still had to drop those 35 pounds, uh, you know, within six days, seven days, or whatever, uh, to try to get ready for this scrap. So uh, uh, I'm amazed that he balloons up that fast after a fight. What do you eat? To put on that much weight that quickly, like, does he all of a sudden go from svelte, toned MMA fighter to fat guy, like <laughs> yeah. in a matter of a week? Like, how do you, like, literally, come on, man, how do you do that? How do you do that? He I don't does, know. Uh, I think he does the James Harden diet. <laughs> <laughs> I think James Harden is see. patenting it, and uh, James Harden uh, has done that in three different places. Just got moved from Brooklyn to Philly, and he just constantly just gets fat, out of shape, says, oh, can't play here anymore, trade me. And he goes somewhere new and uh, lights it up for the first little while. But uh, I think Bobby Green uh, adheres to the James Harden diet. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, I I think. I think that that's a distinct possibility that he, you know, he's taking the Harden diet, which – I'm just going to say to Mr. Bobby Green, stop doing that diet. That diet doesn't work. It, no. it, it doesn't work. So just don't do it anymore. Please do not do it anymore. I um, I personally think that uh, this fight shouldn't have even happened. 
I don't think Russians should be allowed to compete in sports across the world. I think they should all be banned. I think this, the teams should have been banned in the Olympics. No athlete should have been able to come from Russia. I don't think any athlete should be able to compete in any sporting event coming from the country of Russia because what they are doing to Ukraine, what they have been doing as bullies across the planet, I think they just, you're a Russian, you're, you do not get to participate in anything outside your borders. Go home, stop this war, and then we'll allow you to uh, join the rest of the world. I've lost Jason. He is frozen. Oh, there you go. You were frozen. <laughs> uh, was I frozen for you? Yes, <laughs> was I frozen yes, for you? you was I? You've been yeah. frozen for a while. And like I, I heard, I heard clips, like little, little nice sound audio clips. Not, not much, but it's like little things. So. What what I heard was you went on a rant, yeah. and I, I I believe I know what said rant was all about. I believe I know what it is. Okay. Um, so this is what I'm gonna say. This this is what this is what I'm gonna say. What I'm gonna say. Uh, okay, number one. I, I don't can, know. I, don't, I can hear you. I don't Go know. Ahead. I don't know what the answer would be to the fact that. Um, oh, you can hear me. Okay, I can hear you. I, I don't know. What the answer is to the to the effect of do we want to um, limit all Russian athletes from competing in any major professional sports leagues or anything else like that? Because it's it's not necessarily that these Russian citizens that are elsewhere on the planet necessarily agree with what their government's doing, right? Like, like not everybody will necessarily agree with what their government's doing. But at the same time, like it, it's just a very complicated issue because it's like, you know, I'm over here. Yes, I'm Russian, but yes, I'm playing my I'm doing I'm participating in my career. I'm doing my job. I'm doing I'm playing whatever this is or fighting in the UFC or whatever it may be. I don't really have any influence over what happens at home. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so they're caught in a very difficult situation and a situation that where I may not agree with what's happening with the government, but if I speak out against said government, I could put certain people at risk, like my yeah. family, my friends, everybody else, and or anybody else that lives in Russia. All of those people are now at risk because of what I've said in speaking out against the government. So it's, um, I want to say, it's a very, very tricky situation that, uh, a lot of these Russian athletes are, or are Russians that maybe even in the the scope of like uh, Hollywood celebrities, all of these people. It's a very difficult situation that they're stuck in because you have a guy in power that could immediately just be like, "Oh, they said that about me." Well, there goes that family. It's tricky. Yeah, I mean that could be the possibility, but uh, the reason why the Russians weren't allowed to have their uh, they weren't allowed to have their national anthem played if they won a gold medal. They weren't allowed to wave their flag. It's because they're cheaters. They've been caught cheating decades upon decades. They have shown a systematic, a, just a complete systematic way of cheating in sports. And so why should we allow them to cheat and keep competing? 
I think mixed martial arts, the UFC, is obviously a physical sport where uh, there have been a lot of steroid users. There have been a lot of guys caught for using performance-enhancing substances. And I don't believe that any Russian is clean anymore. It does not really justify me to believe that they are because so many of them have cheated and so many of them have been part of this Russian system that is just shown to be a complete lack of credibility, accountability, and they just cheat all the time. And I don't think I will recognize Islam Makachev as the champion if he becomes champion as long as all this stuff is going on in Russia. I just think that this has been a nation that has just bullied everybody all around the planet, has cheated on sports so much that I just think, no, nope, sorry, you're not allowed to be involved anymore until you can change your ways, do, do a better job, and, and there was no, there's no cheating going on because it's just on and on and on and on, and we just keep giving them more and more chances. And they don't change. They haven't changed. Did I freeze on you? Yeah, you? there seems to be, unfortunately, for um, the Russian. Yeah, 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 you have. Can you, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, I can, can you hear, hear me. Now. Yes, I can. Yes, go ahead. Oh. I can hear you. Nothing. I can hear you. 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 Uh, <laughs> Do you want? Okay. To? Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll just I'm just gonna say what I need to say here. So, um, what? Okay. So for the for the for the typical Russian athlete that competes in the Olympics, I don't I don't even know if they have a choice to not get on the uh, bandwagon for whatever the culture is that uh, that they're doing for these athletes, which is you know they're they're clearly using some sort losing some sort of performance enhancing drugs to help their athletes, which is obviously very very against the rules and regulations of the Olympics. But the thing is, they continue to keep doing it. And it's almost like they're they're thumbing their nose. Yeah. at the at the organizers or the powers that be that organize the Olympics. So to a certain extent, you're just like, well, if they're going to continue to do this, then maybe they shouldn't just be a part of the Olympics whatsoever. No. Because they're, it Gone. seems like they're continuing to keep doing this over and over again. So you have to think it's like, well, if they refuse to stop, then what are you going to do about this? Like, You, you can't just keep letting them continue on in the Olympics and just keep going on and over and over and over again, and keep thumbing their nose at it, not listening to the rules or the regulations. So it's like, well, maybe they need to take a harsher stance against said country. hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and it goes for what's happening with Ukraine. We're giving them economic sanctions, but did it stop them? Did it stop them? He knew they were coming. They said, we're going to stop purchasing any products from you and we're going to, you know, impose sanctions and it didn't stop him. He said, oh, too bad, thumbed his nose at the world and invaded Ukraine. So they, they keep these policies, they keep this systematic way of just thumbing their nose at authority. You have to punish them more severe. You have to say, no, 
just just saying that you can't play their national anthem and wave their flag did it matter did it did it change anything no they still had athletes testing positive for steroids do you think these these russian fighters haven't been approached and asked to go on performance enhancing drugs so they could be superior to their north american fighting the people that they have to fight around the world of course they have it's ridiculous to think that there's no way that they're trying to get all their athletes on something that will push them higher and above everybody else. It's It's been shown in every other sport. So we, we, we must be completely naive to think that they wouldn't be approaching their fighters too. Well, uh, we don't know for sure. This is purely speculation, but yeah, it, it, it kind of, it seems like that could be a possibility in the background that people are approaching these people, these uh, fighters, these professional athletes and saying, well, what do you think? This could make it better. This could do this and this could do that. And let's be honest, they have now decades of research into performance enhancing drugs from the Russian side of things. So whatever they're doing over there, it's got to be pretty good at this point in time. With that much research and that much history put into performance enhancing drugs, it, it's, uh, you know, obviously the culture and the programs that they have put in place are very entrenched. Yeah. yeah. I was a fan of Khabib. I know that he's his coach. I, I, you know, thought a lot of good things about him. But as this Russian machine keeps rolling, and keeps treating everybody poorly around the world and doing the things that they're doing. Uh, I've had enough. Just I've had enough. See you later. I think every single sporting organization should say, that's it. We're done. We're not participating with you anymore. See you later. You're gone. Unless you can prove everything is clean. You aren't going to be doing any more of this stuff. You're done. You're done. We don't want to see you anymore. And, and, you know, that they won't be able to wave their flag. They won't be able to say how great their country is. They won't be able to say, we're a champion of the UFC. We shouldn't allow that. A champion of the UFC should be somebody that's a prime example of how great this sport is, how you look up, you have a hero, you get to see, this is a guy that living his life great. Uh, Russians aren't living their life in a, in a good way because they're just, they just bully everybody and say, no, we're just going to kill people, take over their country. So, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, I know you say that, you know, if they voice their displeasure, say, no, let's not do it. You know, they run the risk of losing all their family, uh, having all that happen. Uh, maybe that's the case, but somebody's got to stop this. And the rest of the world doesn't know what to do. I think the Russian people have to make this stop. They have to say, hey, enough's enough. We don't want to do this anymore. We don't want to support this. Easy for us to say over here while we're safe and sound in our in our houses. Harder for them to say it over there where you have a man like Vladimir Putin lording over you yeah. at all points in time. It's like, I understand that there's a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. I think we all get that. But when you're faced with real fear and intimidation, which is death, permanent death, it, it just changes things. It changes the conversation very, very much so. So I I would love to see this all come to an end. I think we all would. 
Unfortunately, that's not reality. It is not going to be like that. Um, what's the final, the final end for all of this? Uh, I, I would, I would just hope that the loss of life is kept to a minimum. That that's really what I'd hope for this entire saga that we're all going through. I just hope that the loss of life is to kept to an absolute minimum on both sides. Yeah, on both sides. Uh, okay, so right away, people are clamoring for Islam to get a title shot. Uh, that won't happen before Justin Gaethje faces Charles Oliveira for the uh, lightweight title. Uh, they are they are up next. Uh, he asked for Benil Daryush next, who he was supposed to fight in this fight. Uh, we'll see how long Daryush um takes to heal and get ready to fight again. But uh, I'm glad he doesn't immediately get this next title shot. Yeah, so am I. I, I am glad about that. But let's be honest, Makachev is an absolute killer. And he disposed of Bobby Green, who is a very, very, very good fighter. And what what was it? In the first round, I think there was, he finished him with 90 seconds left in the first round. So he finished this guy. Bobby Green, fantastic fighter, veteran fighter yeah. in the first round, like he has with many, many of his opponents. Got him to the ground, mounted him. Bobby Green tried to get back up, found it. Oh, this is impossible. I actually can't get back up. I'm, I'm, I'm planted to the mat. Yeah. And then and Makachev won. That's how he does it. Uh, Bobby Green ha is the record holder for the most significant strikes in USC lightweight history. Coming in, he had 1,404. Um, he also holds the uh, best strike differential in USC history with more than two and a half strikes on the plus side. Uh, he absolutely just walked through Nasrat Hapkarask. And um, yeah, he's, he's on a great roll. Bobby Green's a veteran fighter, but yeah, he just got walked through here. Uh, he, once he was uh, clinched, taken down, um, Makachev just took over, and uh, he has a 10-fight win streak now. That's the uh, tied for the second most in the UFC currently, and uh, all the guys that have these win streaks are all champions right now. Kamaru Usman has the longest win streak at 15. Charles Oliveira and Alexander Volkanovsky both have 10 fight win streaks, both champions. Valentina Shevchenko has eight. And uh, Makachev also has, has 10 now. So, yeah, he's on a meteoric rise and, uh, you know, good for him. He's, he's a great fighter. And AKA said once, once uh, Khabib retired, oh, this will be our next champion. And, you know, they, they look to be on the, you know, on the case and, and and accurate with the predictions, but yeah, this Russian thing, you know, I'm, I'm really angry. I'm really upset. I'm, I'm actually really worried for the world right now because nobody has an answer what to do to stop Putin from taking over Ukraine. And then he's going to decide to take over something else and something else and something else. And basically it seems like the only way to stop him is to go to war with him and he has so much armament that uh, this could create a nuclear war and, uh, you know, eliminate this planet over this crazy dictator that just wants greedy, wants to be greedy and take over more land. They have enough land there. They got enough land. They don't need more. 
They don't. Yeah, yeah I, I, how about this? Plain and simple for me, I just don't agree with any, any country trying to take another country's sovereignty away from them. No. I don't agree with that. I, I just don't. How, how could I? And why would, why would I want to see another country do that? Because that just leads to war. So I just, I don't agree with it fundamentally. I just don't, I don't agree that Russia should be threatening the Ukraine sovereignty because they feel that the Ukraine should have never left Russia in the first place. What? No, but you know what? Things change. Yeah. You know, that's what time does. Things change with time. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this is a change with time and it should be something that should be very well, easily accepted. It's an easily accepted thing. It's like Ukraine is its own per- own entity now it's its own country let them be what they are their own country i wasn't necessarily cheering for bobby green but i would have loved to see him on this list uh the fewest days between wins in modern ufc history uh kamzat chemayev holds the record at 10 10 days between wins Chaz skelly who just retired last weekend just 13 days between wins chris lieben sean strickland both two weeks 14 days and Bobby Green would have tied Chris Lieben and Sean Strickland at that. But uh, back to the drawing board, I saw Bobby Green's comments, and he said that he actually doesn't think he ever wants to be part of a main event again. He said it was the worst feeling he ever had by sitting all night and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting to finally fight. He said it just really messed him up. He felt horrible. He couldn't believe it. And he said, especially, I just want to go party after the fight. So uh, let me go party immediately after the fight. I don't want to have to wait so long. This sucked. And uh, he goes, my my camp, my trainers are going to hate me for saying this, but please never put me in a main event again. <laughs> I think literally Mr. Bobby Green is the first person to ever say that. Like he, he's got to be like literally the first person person in ufc history to ted yeah. tried the main event didn't like it don't want to do it again don't want to ever do it again are, are you serious man i think when you main event you have the possibility of making more money now nah, i'm good i'm good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah hilarious yeah he's a funny guy and uh, i i'm very entertained by bobby green uh yeah i i hope uh he's on a lot of main cards maybe not the main events fine <laughs> with me but I hope uh, we see him very, very soon. Very entertaining guy. Uh, it wasn't his night, but uh, I don't, I don't think it. We can blame this on the the short turnaround, really. No, I think even with Bobby Green and he had a full fight cap and all this stuff, I think Makachev. I'm sorry to say this, Mister Green. I think the results are still the same. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he gets you. Maybe you make it out of the first round. But then he gets you in the second round. Maybe that's the, your lone difference. Yeah. But either way, Makachev still comes out the winner out of this. Yeah. Okay, let's switch to the co-main event. And uh, the prodigy threw on the fastest arm bar in UFC history. Wellington Terman uh, took out Misha Serkinov, the Canadian from Toronto, Ontario. Uh, this was crazy how fast this arm bar was applied and uh, finished the fight. The tap was immediate. Uh, Serkinov looked like he might have even broke his arm, uh, even though he tapped within a second or two. Uh, this was uh, another level of armbar that I don't ever remember seeing something that fast applied. 
flawless technique. Like literally, it was a flawless transitional technique because I had to look, go back and see the tape again because I'm like, okay, did he even set it up or did he just go for it? Like, and you do see him clamp down on on Sirkunov's right arm while he's down on the ground. You see him do that and I go, that's it? That's all he did? And that's literally all he did. Mm. He grabbed the arm and then just went for the move. Swung his legs up. That was literally half a second to a second. That's That's how long it took him to lock in that arm bar. And it was so immediately tight that Sirkunov tapped immediately as soon as it was put in and he still may have broke his arm because yeah. he didn't tap fast enough. That's how crazy and perfect that arm bar was. Our uh, our mutual friend Scott Holborn uh, was texting me, not a good day for strikers tonight. Uh, he obviously uh, is probably the most, uh, the biggest grappling fan I've ever met. Uh, he yeah. doesn't, he doesn't give any strikers any credit. He just wants to uh, kiss the feet of every grappler that uh, ever uh, adorns the uh, <laughs> the octagon. But uh, yeah, he was uh, yeah he was pretty happy with with these two co-main and main events. Uh, just immediate uh, submissions, very very quickly. Uh, uh, he was he was. I could see him smiling through the phone when I got the text. How happy he was! No, no, smirking. He's smirking. He's just like, oh, look at these guys. Can't even hang with the grapplers. I get it, Scott. I get it. So every once in a while, your grapplers are going to win. They're going to win. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this, but Terman doing that perfect armbar was amazing because up to that point, Terman was losing that fight. Mm-hmm. All right. He was definitely losing that fight, and he was on his way to a loss. Yeah. I believe. Other than other than early when he became a backpack on Sirkinov, yeah, yeah. uh, he jumped on him and and he started trying to get a choke in, and Sirkinov kept keeping that second hand away from sinking in the choke, and then he finally got to a point where it looked like oh, and and Felder and Bisping were both like oh, I think it might be over, it might be over, and then he. Shook him off. Shook him off. Yeah, and then Sirkinov definitely was dominant from that point forward. But yeah. uh, but Terman works with Glover Teixeira, and he said his game has just taken a meteoric rise since he got together with the light heavyweight champion. And and good on him uh, to be able to seek out the Brazilian champion there. And and uh, man, his game is no joke right now. No, his game is no joke, and if if his if he can attest that just that simple like arm bar that he did in a second to Glover Teixeira, then he should stay with that camp because that was amazing. It was unbelievable. It was excellent. And it was, it, it, you know what? It put the rest of um, uh, the division on notice. Yeah. Don't go to the ground with that guy. Very dangerous. Yeah. And, uh, and Terman coming in was the underdog. Uh, Misha's a big guy. He fought at 205 his whole career until he moved down he's still a very very large guy uh, a lot of people were surprised that he can even make that weight class uh and and Sirkinov, um yeah was very dominant looked really good but uh yeah once that once that arm bar was sunk in boom uh, he had no not there was no decision but to tap or save his 
his arm and you know i haven't heard if it's broken but uh it he kept looking at it like it had been some somehow damaged yes yes he kept looking at it and i was just more impressed with the fact of the speed of the arm bar and the fact that his tap came immediately after and there's still a question mark on whether it was broken or not because yeah. he didn't tap fast enough which is amazing to me yeah I don't want to go tonight uh, through every single solitary fight, but uh, I do want to talk about the fight, the fight that just happened uh, before the co-main event. Ji uh, Yong Kim and Priscilla Kachuera, Kashweda, and sorry, Kashweda. Um, that was a travesty. That was a horrible decision. We ended up uh, seeing uh, all three judges scored at 29-28 for Kashweda. When she was outstruck 150 to 60 significant strikes, um, horrible, horrible, horrible decision. One of the worst I've ever seen. Uh, at the end of the fight, Vegas was giving you plus 850 odds uh, that Kashweda would win the fight. So they had no confidence. They knew that Kim had won this fight. Uh, it was it was really really wrong and i was really angry after i saw this decision it was almost as if the judges were persuaded or or led astray by the fact that cachoeira catch it no man i can't say that woman's name anyways that she was throwing bombs she was throwing heavy shots but not really connecting all that often when she did it looked like it hurt kim at the same time kim game but she was clearly the more technical striker oh and God. was hitting her more accurate striker. Oh All God. of those things. Oh. And then if you look at Cachoeira's face at the end of that fight, it's pretty clear who won that fight. Oh, man. You barely even yeah. see out of her eyes. Did you yeah, see that? Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. She was beat up bad. And and Kim, man, is that ever that woman ever a really good technical striker? She yeah. used She used her distance well. She was in and out. She landed so many shots, just constantly peppered her. And yeah, you know, she got robbed there. That was unfair decision. Uh, I really, really hate seeing that because, you know, both these fighters actually fought the whole entire fight. You know, they really brought it to each other. But Kim was so technically better and just really, really, really took it to her the entire fight. Yes, sure, Kashweda you know, landed some heavy shots, but you know, when you outstrike somebody like two and a half to one, uh, like that, come on, man, there's no way that cash way to should have, should have won that decision. And it was, it was a robbery and I feel really bad for Kim. I feel really bad for Kim. <laughs> did, it, did it freeze on you again? Ah, uh, this, this, uh, yeah, this is pretty bad tonight. Uh, this is pretty bad tonight. Uh, okay. Eh? We're having I, I, some, I dropped out for a second there. We're having some serious technical issues tonight, aren't we? Wow. Yeah. It's bad. I, 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 I want to, I think it's because of the weather. Yeah. I maybe. think sometimes when it's like, when it's raining like this, I think our, our, our connection's not that great. <laughs> I just feel really bad. I just feel really bad for Kim here. That it's, that was a robbery. She, she, you know, she goes back to the drawing board. What she, what she's supposed to do. Like, you know, to me, that was one of the you know best fights I've ever seen a female 
give and you know to to get on the wrong end of a decision like that uh, you know fully wrong uh she's you know fighters should be able to sue judges like jesus christ that was horrible well it was horrible but as we've said before we we have problems with the judges anyways yeah. they're not true mma judges they never have been Show me a judge that's actually a true MMA judge. Show me a judge that's in like, you know what? I, I've been doing MMA since UFC four, four. You know, like, like, is, is there is there any judges like that, or is there any judges that basically have made their bones doing MMA shows or like, you know, like like martial arts shows where they're actually judges, as opposed to coming from the ranks of boxing which is where most of these judges are coming from. You know, like, I, I, I think there has to be a, there has to be a movement for the UFC to make sure that the judges are properly trained. That's it. Like, they, 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 that has to be a thing. That has to happen at some point in time where the UFC says to themselves, okay, you know what? You got to make sure that these judges know what the heck they're talking about, number one. Know how to properly um, uh, point a fight and also, too, that they that they're familiar with mixed martial arts, not with boxing, but like with the real fighting arts. Yeah. Of our sport. Uh, you know, I I looked at fighter salaries recently, and it, this is one of the only professional sports where many of the athletes that are considered rookies or young into the sport, maybe, you know, two one to three years into the sport and they have to have second and third jobs like this to me that that really discredits uh, a professional sport if you can't even have that as your only job that's just wrong and kim she doesn't get a fight win bonus out of that so she probably made 10 to twelve thousand dollars for that fight she's gonna get maybe three fights this year so she's maybe if she wins one of these fights she might make forty thousand dollars this year She's going to get half knocked off her taxes. She's going to have to pay her corner, man. She's going to have to pay her gym. She's going to have to pay her rent. She's not going to have anything left for anything else. So, you know, it's, it's, it's wrong the way they pay these fighters. And it's very wrong when somebody wins and they don't get their win bonus because of uh, egregious errors by these really inept judges. It's, it, it's becoming really frustrating and brutal and i'm not even the one not making the money imagine you go in there and you fight for 15 minutes and put on a great display and you don't get your your win bonus she made maybe five six thousand dollars for that fight ten thousand dollars maybe she gets to keep about what two or three jesus christ come on yeah yeah and then also too she has to wait for her next fight for in two to three months or four months, yeah. whenever that is, or whenever the UFC sees it that, oh, okay, you haven't had a fight in a bit, so let, let's get you out there. Instead of you always having to lobby for fights, which is what a lot of fighters are trying to do. Yeah. A lot of fighters, you have so many fighters on the roster that so many of them are lobbying. Hey, can I fight? Can I fight? Can I, yeah. can I please fight? Yeah. Can, I, can I fight? You know. So. Name another professional sport where they have to have a, a second third job like you know we're talking about what you know bowling we're talking about you know some some pretty <laughs> low level sports out there you know like 
Uh, I know the CFL guys, some of them, they have to have a second job, but you know, there's not money, you know, uh, north of the border as much as south of the border. These, these fights are going on 45 to 50 weeks a year. And these people, there's these people have to have second or third jobs. How is somebody ever going to be to their elite status if they can't even train full time and make that their, their lone job? It's, it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is. It's because like it's because you're just leaving a lot on the table that you would like to not leave on the table because you can't just do your profession as much as you'd like because you're just not making enough money doing it. How, 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 how ridiculous would it be if you heard from an NBA player that is like, oh, man, yeah, I had to pick up another job. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. life is hard out there, yeah. buddy. It's hard. So I, I wait her at Earl's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's so stupid. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's absolutely ridiculous. so ridiculous. And and okay, yeah. you just finished the day. You just finished the day of work. Now you got to go train right now, Jason. You got to head to the gym and train tonight. And yeah. then you got to get up tomorrow, five o'clock, five thirty, and head off to work for a twelve-hour shift. Like, yeah. how good are you going to be? How good are you actually ever going to be? Well, I. <laughs> I'm going to, like I said, like, again, like I said, I'm going to be leaving a lot on the table, but at the same time, it's like, if this is a passion, is this what I want to do? And all those other things, all, all those analogies that you can say, you're going to, if where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And with a fighter, there's definitely a will for these guys. And yeah. so they will yeah. do what needs to be done. But at the same time, I just wish the sport would help them out a little bit more than what they are. Yeah. Um, the first two fights on the main card featured two Armenians, uh, one guy making his debut. The other guy uh, has been in the, the game for a little bit, but um, the Armin Tusirkian uh, elbow that opened up Joel Alvarez was brutal. Immediately, it was a bloodbath in there. Uh, he kept raining down elbows. And finally um, was able to get the knockout uh, two minutes into the uh, second round. Um, these Armenians are tough. And, uh, yeah, this was uh, a really good display by uh, Tasurkian. You there? You yeah, Sarukian. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm yeah. here. So, Sarukian looked fantastic he looked great especially once he started raining down those oh, those vicious elbows vicious vicious in the respect that he took away a part i'm back i'm back <laughs> jesus christ anyway so the <laughs> I know this is great. <laughs> Rain down elbows, took a part of Alvarez's nose with him, which in the set, which started a huge bloodbath oh to the point God. where I'm like, okay, they maybe have to think about stopping the fight. Even no. before they started the fight again, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know, man. It's like, it's like a lot of blood. Wow, like, it's like a lot of blood. Pouring, pouring, yeah. pouring on, yeah. Yeah, it was nutty, yeah. man. And then luckily, though, got back in there, 
rounded and pounded him out, finished it in the second round. So luckily it didn't go too much farther, but you know, <laughs> that was a lot of blood, man. Yeah. It's a bloodbath. I mentioned uh, some of the win streaks earlier um, in this lightweight division. This was the lightweight fight in this lightweight division. They've got, uh, they've got, uh, some amazing win streaks. Charles Oliveira and Islam Makhachev both have 10. Benil Daryush has seven. Armand has five. And Fiziev, who is supposed to fight next weekend, also has five. So, um, you know, a lot of guys rising up to the, the top here with some really, really good win streaks. And, and it's hard to keep win streaks alive in the UFC. You're fighting against top-level competition, especially all these guys in the top 10. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it is it is ridiculously hard because you are going up against the best of the best, and the fact that uh, Sarukin has like five wins in a row that's that's pretty impressive. That's pretty mm-hmm. impressive against top uh, high end talent as he's going up against. So uh, I look forward to seeing who he goes up against next and who who he who he uh, possibly matches up against with. He asked for a rematch with uh, Islam Makhachev, and he wants to hold it in Russia. Um, I guess they had a fight before, and Makhachev won, but he thinks uh, he he would love to to fight him. Uh, Yeah, good on him. Uh, Not too many people are calling out that guy. There you are. I can see. I can hear you. Of course not. Why would you do that? You should not call out Islam Makhachev because Islam Makhachev is an absolute assassin killer. He's one of the best in the division, and he proves it time in and time again. I I would love to see Sarukin take another crack at him. I I don't know if he'll have a different outcome though. Yeah. I I just I kind of doubt it at this point in time. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, let's mention this Armin Petrosian. Uh, this was his UFC debut. He's only 22 years old. Uh, nicknamed Superman. This was Superman against Robocop. Uh, two guys, very amazing specimens. And uh, I was really excited about this fight. I kind of actually thought that Rodriguez won this. It was a split decision victory by Petrosian, but uh, these are two bad dudes. And uh, they they really are intimidating. And uh, uh, I was pretty impressed with the debut of uh, Petrosian, even though I, I kind of thought he lost. But Okay. I think I can hear you, but I yeah, um, you're frozen. I, I was – at first I was on your side where I thought Rodriguez won. But since the, the, since the fight was super close – since yeah. the fight was super close, I thought Petrusian might have won that fight in the last two minutes of the final round where he clearly turned up the volume. He right. clearly turned up the volume with his mm-hmm. level of strikes and stuff. And mm-hmm. in this particular fight, I think this is where the one where the judge actually took into consideration uh, the amount of significant strikes from one fighter to the other. And Petrusian definitely had the higher amount of significant strikes as opposed to Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez had the more powerful strikes, but Petrusian had the more volume of strikes. And like I said, in the, in that last round, he really turned on the pressure, really started to put it on Rodriguez. I felt that Rodriguez was a beginning to fade a tad bit. Yeah. And I I think that was the, the difference in the fight. 
Yeah. Um, I have the fight stats in front of me. Uh, Petrosian had more significant strikes. So it was 72 to 47, but uh, Rodriguez yeah. had 43 head strikes. Petrosian had 31. Uh, but the big difference was in leg kicks. Petrosian had 41 leg kicks and Rodriguez had only four. It definitely uh, impacted him and gassed him out. He wasn't as sharp near the end, but he did have two takedowns. Uh, Rodriguez had two takedowns and two submission attempts uh, uh, during those takedowns. Um, I just thought those takedowns sort of swayed two rounds to Rodriguez, and I kind of thought that um, he had won it. But uh, it was razor thin, and Rodriguez definitely that big muscular body. Uh, you usually see guys gas a little bit, and he did gas a little bit, but I didn't. I thought he had already won two rounds. So anyway, uh, let's just. Uh, Fly through the prelims. Um, we had Ignacio Bahamundes, who threw a hell of a lot of strikes. Uh, man, was I impressed with this young guy. Holy cow, he's a great fighter that just is relentless, relentless, relentless in his attack. Zhu uh, Rong uh, is the first UFC fighter that was born in the 2000s to get a UFC win. Uh, so young up and comer from China that, uh, yeah, is somebody to really look out for as he gets experience and goes on. But um, Bahamondes was oh, amazing. I love watching this guy fight. It was so, so, so impressive. Yeah, I was impressed. Like The man can strike. I love the fact that he can strike from either, from, from either stance, left yeah. foot, right foot. Yeah. So he's constantly making his opponent think about how, how he's going to be attacked. Coming, yeah. And he attacks him with everything. Knees. Like he had a very diverse striking uh, portfolio when he was coming at Zoo. Yeah. Uh, didn't like the fact that Zoo missed weight. He did. Yeah. Um, so it's still another problem with that. But anyways, regardless, I thought Bob Mundes was the better fighter throughout the course of this fight. Mm -hmm. And then especially, as you said, he keeps coming after you. He even locked up that choke in the third yeah. for the win, in the third round for the win. And he kept on it, modified that choke, and uh, was bullish on the choke. Would not release it until he submitted wrong. So great win by Bahamondes. Yeah, it was uh, yeah very, uh, very good, good win by him. And uh, yeah, uh, Zoo missed weight for the second time. So this might not be the weight class. He should stay in. He might not be able to go down there. Uh, Bahamundes has landed over 100 significant strikes in his last three UFC fights. Uh, he's just, uh, yeah, like you said, I, I love that he can change orthodox to southpaw just so fluidly. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it must be tough to fight a guy that's that good from bull stances and just can keep connecting. Uh, his his accuracy was phenomenal, and yeah, they just were coming from uh, everywhere, every different direction. He was hitting Zoo in, and uh, he looked yeah, he just looked amazing, really, really uh, incredible performance. And um, same gym as uh, Carlos Hernandez uh, just fought him recently, uh, back to back wins, thirteen and four. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to more fights uh, from him in his career. And, and uh, his dad was a, a pro kickboxer. 
his dad was in his corner and he's, uh, yeah, he's been supposedly uh, kickboxing, boxing and, and fighting since he was like four years old. So uh, a fighting family and um, uh, this, this guy, uh, uh, look out, uh, look out lightweight division. Uh, we had so many lightweight fights on this card. I loved it. It's great to see the top level guys and the up and comers coming through. Yeah, yeah, it, it's great to see that, and it's uh, again just a pleasure watching Bahamundo's fight. Like, because uh, he, he just throws the kitchen sink at you, and he just keeps throwing it, and he just yeah. keeps coming. Yeah. Um. Quickly, uh, Jose Nunez against uh, Ramona Pasquale. Uh, Pasquale, the first fighter in UFC history to come out of Hong Kong, uh, but uh, Nunez was uh, much better. On this evening, uh, just a lot landed a ton of really big shots, got some big knockdowns, um, just a much better striker and very powerful. Just a just a really, really powerful woman, uh, even though Pasquale is a former rugby player and also looks uh, tough and powerful. But Nunes, man, that is one tough girl. Nunes looks like like she's like built like a Sherman tank. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just going to. She's built like a tank. So anyways, and she hits like a tank too. Like yeah. Pasquale, when she got hit, she moved. You know what I mean? Like she, yeah. she, moved. she moved. And uh, Pascal definitely had the size advantage, but she most certainly did not have the strength advantage in this fight. Mm-hmm. And so he, yeah. she took a beating, I would say. Um, yeah. Great win by Nunes. Eight fight, one straight for Nunes. And uh, look out, women's featherweight. Uh, she's coming. Uh, lightweight division fight. Also, Terrence McKinney, T-Rex, looked phenomenal, beating the uh, French fighter, Ferez Zayam. Uh, big submission, quick, quick and early. Um, uh, T-Rex, uh, yeah, I love this guy. and um, Very good performance from him. Also, another up-and-comer in the lightweight division. Yeah, well, T-Rex, he took advantage of the fact that Zayam has still to work on his skills on the ground, yeah. clearly. And so he took him to the ground, took the path of least resistance. And with that rear naked choke, that's all she wrote midway through the first round. Um, interesting to hear about T-Rex's story. He's, he's had a hell of a crazy life. He actually has died twice. They brought him back to life uh, <laughs> twice. Uh, you cannot kill this guy. Um, after his seven-second KO of Matt Frivola in his USC debut, he started dancing around. He jumped off the cage and he blew out his knee. And uh, so I was really happy that he kept his celebration very muted this time, and he really uh, kept his feet under him. Uh, that was brutal last time when he blew out his knee uh, celebrating. Yeah, we've, we've seen that before with other people hurting themselves in their celebrations. What people need to remember is just like, well, you know, you won. Don't make it any worse by not being able to compete for your next time, for your next go around. Just be like, yay, I won. And that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, he's, he's famous for knocking guys out quick. Uh, this fight lasted longer than his last four fights combined. And this fight was pretty quick. This was, just two minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, he's on a five-fight finish streak. Uh, he just keeps knocking guys out and taking them out. Uh, this was a submission, but 
Um, he states he wants four wins in 2022. He's going to get them, and he wants a title shot, and he's going to win the belt in 2023. So he's pretty oh. confident, calling it out, saying he's going. Look out. Uh, this is a kid, fun to watch, really. Uh, yeah, I think he's on a meteoric rise, too. I think if they give him some uh, some some talent and some fights quick, I think he'll go in and knock a lot of guys out. Uh, he's he's got He's got a great game. No, he, he does have a great game, and uh, he's got a, obviously a ton of self-confidence in himself and his abilities, so it should be interesting to see what he can do. I'm interested. Okay, that's it for this card. I want to switch to USC 272. We're less than a week away. Uh, this will be one of the biggest fights in history where the guys just absolutely, truly – hate each other. Uh, they were former roommates. They were former best friends. They were former campmates. They cornered each other for years. Uh, were always uh, hanging out and best friends. And they hate each other now. They have said so many things in the media that they want to just tear each other's heads off. Uh, have you ever had a friend that uh, turned into an enemy? A frenemy? Um, yeah. No. No. My I'm really good at just maintaining like friends and they just stay friends as opposed to a mortal enemy. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've never, I've never actually gotten to a point where I cultivated a friendship that turned into a mortal enemy. I've never done that. Okay. I'm not surprised, but uh, yeah, I had to ask to see if that a former roommate that uh, just never picked up after himself or, you know, did nasty things. There was nobody that you just, you know, ended up having a, as a friend and now consider absolute frenemy now. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, unfortunately, I, I guess I just don't have it in me. I don't have it like Kobe Covington and Jorge Masvidal. Do. Yeah. I don't. Well, um, most people in the world seem to be hoping Jorge Masvidal uh, takes Covington out. Uh, Covington has really just turned into the biggest heel in the sport, hasn't he? Uh, he's he's very widely hated. He has managed to cultivate a character that is just so vile <laughs> that people are just like, they hear his name and they go, oh, oh, I don't like that guy. I don't like him. I don't like him immediately. It's almost as soon as I hear CC, Colby Covington, oh, oh, get out of here. I don't even like the sound of his name. I don't even like that. No. That, that's, that's what he's managed to cultivate, which is good because I think this is where he wanted to be. He wants to garner attention. He wants to, yep. he wants to put, uh, he wants to make sure that people want to watch his fights because they hate him so much. They revile him so much, yep. which is, I guess that, that puts money in his pocket. But at the same time, oh man, is it really worth it at the end of the day? Because now everybody hates you. Like that, that's like everybody, fans, yeah. fighters, coaches don't like you. Okay. But this is what he wants. So, all right. Yeah. He he's was kicked out of American top team, just completely kicked out of that, that camp, not ever allowed to go back. They do not like him. They do not want him to be part of that camp anymore. Masvidal's widely loved. They, they're all training him hard to beat Covington. They want him to really, really, really inflict some pain on this guy. And uh, I don't remember in fighting 
Other than Josh Koscheck, I can't remember a guy getting thrown out of a camp so significantly and every single person supporting the other guy, not supporting them at all. And uh, yeah, this is a fall from sort of grace. Uh, people respected Covington, I think, before this fiasco and the way he's been acting. But um, I, I guess he's making more money at it. But, you know, if you do it at the expense of every single one of your friends, uh, who do you hang out with and spend your money with? Uh, who do you live your life with? Uh, it seems uh, seems like I, it's not something I would ever choose to do just for more money and fame. No, I think there's one person he hangs out with. Former President Donald Trump. That's who he's hanging out with, man. Yeah. That's his boy. <laughs> That's his buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, him and Trump. Him and Trump must be just having so much fun every weekend at the barbecue. So oh man, just imagine. Just imagine. I just can't wait to see video of them hanging out and having fun. Oh yeah, man. I I, I look forward to it. I'm 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 searching YouTube right now. It's like Trump. Covington hanging out. <laughs> uh, hopefully Maskedwell can do what he did to Ben Askren. Uh, five seconds. That fight actually was supposed to last only about two. Uh, it took the referee three seconds to go over and push Maskedwell off and stop it. Uh, probably the fastest KO we've ever seen. Uh, might last a little bit longer than this. Uh, Covington is the number one ranked Fighter in the welterweight division, Masvidal is number six. Uh, Covington has, you know, a lot of amazing statistics. He has the most takedowns of any active welterweight, and he's second all time to George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre had 87 takedowns in his career, and uh, Colby Covington has 61. Uh, he got 12 takedowns in one fight against Brian Barberina, 12. And he landed 179 significant strikes against Robbie Lawler in 2019, the most ever in a USC welterweight fight. So he's good on the feet. He's good on the ground. He can take down. Um, does Ma Can Masvidal do this? Can, can he beat him? Uh, you know, everybody says... Covington's better, but uh, does the animosity and the hate that Masvidal has, did all the training partners from American Top Team helping him, does it give him a, a real legitimate shot to take him out? Of course it does, because he's Jorge Masvidal. He's a great fighter, and he's fought great grapplers before. Because you just mentioned that one dude, Ben Askren, we took out in two <laughs> seconds. And that guy's one of the best grapplers at that time yeah. in MMA. Yeah. Period. One of the best. One of the best. So yeah. he has the ability to do this. The only thing I'm worried about with Tori Masvidal is his gas tank. Because yeah. we know what Colby Covington's gas tank is. It doesn't ever run out. Right. So Masvidal better have been on that bike, better have been doing his runs whatever it, it takes, but he has to make sure his gas tank is as good as it's ever been or ever will be because Covington will not run out of gas. That's true. Yeah, very true. Unfortunately, we lost the co-main event uh, today. They made the announcement. Uh, this fight was supposed to take place February 19th 
and did not because Rafael Fiziev was unable to get his visa issues together and come from Thailand uh, to Vegas to make it happen. Uh, this fight has now been postponed again because Fiziev uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, supposedly, he's not doing good either. He has an incredibly bad fever, incredibly bad cough, and he said his, his bones ache like nothing that he's ever felt before. So COVID has really, really, really hit him hard. And um, let's send our thoughts and, and prayers and everything for a speedy recovery. Hopefully the worst is way behind him and uh, he can come back. Um, I've been looking forward to this fight between the two Raphaels for a long time, but it will not happen on Saturday night. Well, I hope that they, I hope, first off, I hope that Rafael Dos Anjos is patient enough that he'll let this fight happen. But, you know, depending on how long it takes Fiziev to recover from this, we don't know. Yeah. But I'd love to see this fight. I really would. And thoughts and prayers, obviously, to Fiziev. Uh, we all have to remember that it's, this is still a very real thing, uh, COVID-19, and it can still affect us in ways that we never thought possible. Yeah. Uh, look at this guy. He's a professional fighter, and he's a, this is a professional athlete, period. He's in one of the best shape. He's in probably in the best shape of his life at this point in time. And look at what it's done to him. So, uh, this fight might take place with a replacement for Rafael Fiziev. Uh, Hanato Moicano has offered to step in. Uh, he last fought February 12th in a win over Alexander Hernandez. Uh, got a second round submission there. He's on a two fight win streak. And he's offered, he says he's in shape, and he'd like to take on RDA. So uh, I guess we'll see if they're able to uh, put pen to paper. He's, uh, he's, he's weighing the right uh, weight, and, uh, yeah, maybe we can get another lightweight fight um, here, and uh, we don't have to just have it completely fall off the map. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be great if, uh, if they were able to make a make good, but – it depends, right? If, if uh, the matchmakers really want to see this fight, I know I really will still want to see this fight. They might just be like, yeah, just scrap the fight completely, put it on for a different main event card. We lost uh, one other fight off this card. Uh, we just heard about it today. Uh, Jessica Evil Eye has broken her nose and will no longer, no longer be able to fight Manon Ferio. Um, she has lost. Uh, I has lost three fights in a row and, uh, she was in tough against Ferio who has won eight in a row, uh, ranked number 13 in the division. Um, I don't know, maybe she realized she had bitten off a little more than, than she could chew and, uh, losing a fourth fight, uh, might, you know, end her UFC career, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, but. Yikes. Uh, yeah, when I looked at the, the two records and realized I was on the down way slide and Ferio was on the up way slide, uh, yeah, I don't know why she even agreed to this fight in the first place. But, uh, yeah, we've lost a, another car, another fight off this card. But it is a, a great card. Lots of good fights. Um, I guess the, 
Edson Barboza Bryce Mitchell fight will go be now the co-main if they do not uh, give uh, Rafael de Sanos a, a another opponent. Uh, two fighters that I I love to watch and uh, I think um, yeah number ten and number eleven in the featherweight division. Uh, this should be a heck of a fight. Should be a heck of a fight. They both have two very differing styles. Bryce Mitchell is a great all rounder, but I think his uh, his uh, the category that he excels in is grappling. Mm-hmm. And then Barboza's category he excels in is kicking your legs out from underneath you and just keep kicking you. Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious to see how this fight plays out. Like if Bryce Mitchell just goes, you know what? Just going to take you to the ground because I just don't want to be kicked by your freaking freakish kicks anymore. So that might be the path of least resistance for Bryce Mitchell or – he may even decide to stand up and fight with Edson Barboza. Uh, I'm curious to see which approach he takes. Yeah. Uh, one of your favorite fighters in the UFC roster, Kevin Holland, fighting Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Uh, love watching mm-hmm. Holland. He's uh, fun, 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 constantly talking out, talking throughout the, the fight. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's actually concentrating on fighting as well as running his mouth. But uh, I know you love Kevin Holland. Uh, it's always fun to watch him enter the octagon and have a fight. Yeah, it is. It's always it's always great to see Kevin fight. And he's going up against another big personality in Oliveira, who is just always smiling as he's punching you in the face, which is always a fun thing to do. So I, I, I think this is going to be a fun fight between these two. I think they could be wild and... Uh, just just chaotic which is going to be great holland's uh number 14 middleweight uh this one we'd be fought at welterweight so we'll see if there's um any significant difference uh the fight to start the card on the main card uh we got a big heavyweight battle between greg hardy former nfl football player and uh sergey spivak should be a banger uh somebody's probably going to sleep oh yeah something he's definitely going to sleep I am curious to see just who is going to, to go Betty by night, night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, anybody else you want to mention on the card? Uh, good to see Nurmagomedov on there, uh, even though, uh, yeah, Russians shouldn't be fighting, but uh, another Nurmagomedov. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got Umar taking on Brian Kelleher. That could be a very good fight. And then, um, and then in the prelim cards, uh, I'm, I, I kind of like the, 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 the Chinese fighter. Okay. Give me a sec. Zio Nan. Zio Nan. I like her. And so I, I'm looking forward to seeing her fight against uh, Rodriguez. All right, cool. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. You're going out to Chilliwack to watch it. I'm not going that far, but uh, I'm sure we're going to have both have fun watching USC 272. Uh, man, this is a grudge match, and and I, I'm I'm really excited about watching the, a lot of the embedded, a lot of the uh, you know pre-fight stuff because these guys really, really, honestly hate each other, and and we've seen some of the shows where we thought they hated each other and then they hugged each other after. I do not see one guy hugging the other guy, no matter what happens in this fight. I can see them fighting after the fight. 
That's what I can see them. Like, they're saying, you know what? Bygones will never be bygones. Let's fight again. (laughs) Fight's over. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's some really good um, video out there. A Ukrainian UFC fighter has a message for Vladimir Putin. I, I ask you to put that in. Uh, it's bleep 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 bleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be. Uh, it's definitely pretty hilarious. And uh, speaking of that, uh, a lot of Ukrainian boxers have uh, decided to join the the fight for Ukraine. And uh, they, uh, you asked me today after I said Vladimir Klitschko is fighting. As well as Lomachenko, um, you asked me if Yusik is, and he has uh, decided to join the Ukrainian army, and they are going to be fighting uh, this Russian invasion. That is wild to me that you have two former retired heavyweight champions and, and the Klitschkos fighting for the country. Uh, and then two current champions yeah. that are also fighting for their country, and the, the mere fact, oh my God, and I really hope that this doesn't, this doesn't happen, but we could lose all of them. Yeah. They could all die. They could all die, yeah. and that's that would be a travesty for boxing, especially when it comes to, to in terms of Lomachenko and Ustik, who are two of the very best who have ever fought in boxing, yeah. and I think it would just be, it would just it would be so damning to lose two uh, superstars of the boxing world yeah. to something like this. It would be. Yeah, Lomachenko is considered one of the greatest pound-for-pound pound fighters in, in boxing history and has had an amazing, amazing career. And, yeah, he's fighting for his country. Uh, Usyk set to face uh, Anthony Joshua on a rematch in May or June. They haven't got an exact date, but it's coming. Um, and he's decided to join the um, Territorial Defense uh, Regiment, and uh, they have pictures of him holding a salt rifle and uh, ready to go. Uh, I've seen pictures of Lomachenko as well in, in combat fatigues, and uh, as well as uh, the Klitschko brothers. Um, yeah, they are. They they do not want the Russia to take over, and they're willing to you know risk their lives and. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is no joke. We could lose, you know, four of the greatest boxers in the history of the sport all in this war here. Uh, it's it's very, very, very scary. It is very scary. It's a very real possibility. We all hope that it doesn't happen, but it, can, it definitely can. Um, and but I give them credit where credit's due because the, they, these four men that could have easily not have done this just could have just moved the families and just left the country easy enough for all four of them have decided to fight for their country. And I respect them for that. I respect their choice for that. And I, I respect that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I would be fighting for Canada for sure. If, um, they uh, yeah invaded us and uh, wanted to take over this country, but um, yeah, you know, uh, these guys are, are still in the throes of uh, you know two of them are still in the throes of phenomenal boxing careers, and 
and uh, yeah, run the risk of uh, not not only being killed but being injured too. Uh, you know, this is um, yeah serious. So hopefully they they don't uh, they're not involved in in any direct conflicts where uh, people are killed. But um, yeah, I was you know I was proud of them to see them do this, but scared for um, you know scared for the outcome. Yeah, of course, because you don't know what the outcome is, and uh, well, none of us do. None of us really know how this is all going to play out, but uh, good luck, boys. That's all I can say. Good yeah. luck to you. Um, I mentioned Glover to share earlier. Um, they, he has a US, his first USC title defense against Yuri Prohachka. It's been delayed. It was supposed to be on 274, May the 7th. Now it will take place uh, USC 275, June 11th. Uh, supposedly somebody's suffered an injury, no details, but, uh, pushed back a month. Hopefully, uh, the injury is not very serious, uh, for them to only push it back a month. Uh, makes me think that it's something fairly minor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to agree with you on that. I, uh, also, um, see that, uh, uh, Jorge Masvidal uh, claimed that Colby Covington uh, had a whole bunch of Russian fighters uh, confronting him at uh, the last UFC event uh, for talking some smack against Khabib. And uh, Covington, uh, I mean, Masvidal said that uh, he's, he's looking for some video. If anybody has any video to send it over, he wants to spread it across social media. He said uh, a lot of Russian fighters made him look like a little beach. And uh, he was a little scared when these Russian guys confronted him about <laughs> his harsh words against Khabib. So uh, we're going to see a lot of funny stuff coming out this week. But uh, that's the first thing that I, I'm looking to see. Oh, man. It, it, it's, it, it does make for pure entertainment when the fighters really, really really don't like each other it is pure pure entertainment for us fans it yeah, really is. yeah um okay let's talk uh some nba uh great to talk all those combat sports but let's talk about the nba uh it's back in full swing the trade deadline is behind us we've uh really started to finally see this ben simmons james harden fiasco two you know real fools in the game finally get a destination they wanted to be at um james harden man like this guy was considered one of the greatest shooters post up or one of the best uh you know one-on-one -on -one shooters of all time had so much respect being thrown on him and he's just damaging his reputation more and more and more and more uh you know i talked about the james harden diet earlier he just decides, uh, no, I've had enough. I'm just going to get fat. I'm going to just be lazy. Not going to be a good teammate anymore, and they'll ship me out of town. He got his wish. He's played phenomenal this past weekend. Uh, actually puts Philadelphia in the running for one of the best teams in the East. But, but man, I just don't want anything good to happen to James Harden anymore. He's, he's, just, he's just burned every bridge, and, and he's burned the bridge with me. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, how about this? 
this is what I'm going to say about James Harden. I hope that he decides to actually take this next stint seriously, because if he doesn't, or if he finds something wrong with the Philadelphia 76ers, what other team's going to really take a flyer on this guy? Because now it's just like, well, he could just leave us at any point in time. So mm. why would I want him on my team? Right. Yeah. And like, so I would imagine that this particular stop, this Philadelphia stop, he's, he better take this seriously because like he's, he's getting close to like, okay, now you're just not going to play for a contender because that's the only team that will take a flyer on Yeah. because they can't trust you. Right. So, yeah, so I, I, I would imagine that he should be coming out with fire now, like, like this, this is it. You want it out of, the, out of Brooklyn because the situation wasn't a good fit for you. It was a good fit, and then it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. Got, it. Got it. So hopefully he can continue to keep putting up numbers, continue to keep figuring out what his fit is with Joel Embiid, and then hopefully, like, all is well with the world. Yeah. Because, like, you know what? At the end of the day, you had two very, very, very disgruntled players that were, would do nothing but sabotage your team anyways if they were still on said team. So that's why it's great that they're both found other places to be and now they can thrive and succeed in these new uh, venues. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense on paper, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think both guys are cancer and you know tough to have on your team. But uh, Harden had some phenomenal numbers uh, this past weekend. Um, he's the first player in NBA history with 25-plus points and 10 assists in each of his first two games with his new team. Uh, he had a triple-double yesterday in the uh, 125-109 win over the New York Knicks. Uh, 29 points, 16 assists, and 10 rebounds. Uh, one off his career high for assists. Uh, I just watched him feed Embiid the whole entire time. They just Basically, it was a Carl Malone, John Stockton type of a thing, and it was just constantly feed Embiid, feed Embiid. Embiid ended up with 37 points. Uh, he got 23 of them from the free throw line. And um, yeah, I'm sure he's happy to have Harden who, you know, it can be a chameleon. Harden did not pass the ball when he was in Houston, famous for, you know, zero assists out of a 48 minute game, but uh, he's changed his ways and realizes Embiid is the, the straw that stirs the drink there. Uh, but will some of these other guys be able to flourish there? I really saw Tobias Harris just lost, not getting the ball, not getting much opportunity at all. Uh, Tyrese Maxey has played good these last two games, but um, yeah, we'll see uh, if teams can figure out this pick and roll thing that Harden and Embiid have been doing. But um, yeah, I think Philly has suddenly become one of the teams in the East that you really got to look out for uh, if they can keep this together. Well, yeah. They just put on a top 75 guy and James Harden on the team. So, yes, your team yeah. actually immediately gets better. Not so much on the defensive side of things after losing Ben Simmons. Not so much there. But definitely offensive-wise, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's an offensive explosion right there with Harden now being a part of your team. So, uh, I see big things for the 76ers as long as Harden is invested. Yeah. in seeing big things for the 76ers. As soon as he's not invested, well, that's going to be a problem for that team. Yeah. Ben Simmons suffered a setback 
and uh, will not be playing for another two to three weeks. I don't know what that meant. Uh, he hasn't played at all. Didn't <laughs> didn't hear about any injury, but uh, suffered a setback in his attempt to come back. Uh, the Nets have fallen all the way down to eighth place in the Eastern Conference, and uh, they're only four games out of falling out completely out of even a play on play in position. Uh, they got absolutely smacked by the Raptors tonight. Uh, what did you say that score was? 132? One, uh, 133 to 97. 133 to 97, yeah. Yeah, it's, got uh, <laughs> it's horrible in Brooklyn. And uh, they're 3-7 and seven in the last 10 and not looking good at all in any games. Uh, I heard that uh, quite a few... Um, Home games are coming and Kyrie's not playing, so uh, you don't have your uh, your best player that's available uh, <laughs> you know, outside of injuries. Not even there. Oh, KD's supposed to not even come back for a bit too. So, uh, yeah, the, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, I don't know if Ben Simmons. You know, two three more weeks. Uh, the season's almost done. <laughs> are you there? <laughs> Can you hear me? Man, we've had a lot of technical issues tonight. Holy cow. You you should have seen the way that your your face was frozen. That was actually pretty funny. (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't recorded. I just got laughing. I'm like, oh, my God. I hope not. I hope not. (laughs) Hopefully it wasn't recorded. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I missed that. I missed that. So what what, um, what were you saying? I just I don't know. You know, the, the season's the season's close to being finished already. There's you know, they're they're winding it down. Ben Simmons coming back. Is he gonna make a difference with you know not playing at all this season? Um coming back <sighs> off to something and uh you know he he might get a few games in before the end of the year. Is he gonna make much of a difference? and keep them even relevant? Well, okay, what, whatever his thing is that he has to, his setback, <laughs> I, just, I have to keep laughing at that because I'm like, he hasn't played. So what, what did he do? Did he cut himself? Like making food? Like What, what, what happened? <laughs> well, whatever. Okay, so I okay, I, I'll say this. I think definitely defensively, as a unit for the Brooklyn Nets, way better, way better. Because that guy can be a def- defensive savant. He he is. He's he's the he can be the straw that stirs the drink on the defensive end for the Nets. He can be that guy. Hopefully, he will be that guy. And then everything else that he does well, he can just focus on that. He does not have to be a scoring option. That's why Kyrie and KD are there. They'll take the shot. You don't need to even worry about that. He just needs to focus in on the things he does well. Because, like, all the other stuff he doesn't really work on. So, if he can do that, stay in his lane, and then just be happy with what he does well, then I think the Brooklyn Nets, they could be a problem going forward. But also, too, here's another problem, though. They don't actually have that much time to literally gel together to yeah. figure out each other's games. They don't have a lot of time mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. So with that being said, them not having that amount of time, you know, might not 
they might not they might not spell very well for getting into the playoffs or being in the playoffs as they place these this very tough eastern side very tough eastern side yeah uh it's 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 a log jam up at the top of the east uh the heat are on top nine and one of their last ten four in a row wins um you know looking to me like one of you know definitely the team to beat at this moment uh the bulls are still hanging tough at 39 and 23 a couple games back they have lost two in a row though uh sixes and one three in a row bucks are hanging around at that fourth position still haven't completely figured it out but you know you you, you got to think that the defending champions are going to be in the mix right near right at till the end Cavs surprised everybody this year uh still looking great uh, sitting in fifth position Celtics eight and two on their last 10 sixth place Raptors have uh moved up to uh seventh place uh you know looking looking pretty good I'm pretty impressed with where they are and then we got the Nets, Hawks, and Hornets in those top 10 positions. Uh, kind of looks like that's where it'll probably finish. Um, let's let's switch to the West. Uh, Suns were dealt a huge blow with Chris Paul breaking his thumb. Uh, he's out six to eight weeks, and um, that's going to be a big blow. Uh, they have lost their last two without Paul in there. And uh, I think the Warriors, um, yeah, they're coming on. Warriors had a horrible blown game last night against Dallas Mavericks. Uh, They were up by 21 and ended up losing. Lost their last two home games, but still sit at 26 and 7 in uh, Oracle Arena. And uh, But do you think the Warriors are going to catch the Suns? Uh, Okay, there's a possibility that that can happen, that the Warriors can catch the Suns because of the injury to Chris Paul. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think the Suns can weather the storm without Chris Paul. I think that that team is that good, and they've shown the ability of others just stepping up in the absence of somebody else. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a big ask for the Warriors to possibly catch the Suns. It can happen, especially if you have two of Hall Hall of Famers in your backcourt with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Yeah. It can definitely happen. And especially with Draymond Green coming back at some point in time here uh, uh, down the line. So it can happen, but I, I just don't know if it will happen. Yeah. Uh, Grizzlies, did you see what John Morant put up tonight for numbers? Did you see John Morant? No, I missed uh, it. What do you do? 52 points tonight in their 118-105 win against San Antonio. Uh, man, yeah, this is a guy that won Rookie of the Year and uh, starting to put himself in MVP talk. Which is amazing. Like, like he, he has been in the lead that long, and he's already getting to that point. He's already in that stratosphere of the, that kind of talk. Because, like, right now, when you talk about MVPs, you talk about Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and actually I'm going to throw in DeMar DeRozan, mm-hmm. who's having a spectacular year as well. Yeah. Absolutely spectacular. So, um, And I, I just watched Chicago and the Grizzlies play over the weekend, and John Morant is scintillating with his play. Like he had a 360 layup 
that he did where you're just like, I don't know how he did that. Like I, mm-hmm. I was watching it going, did he just spin right around the defender in the air, 360, and lay it up? Yeah. Yeah, he's that good. Yeah, he's he's absolutely a joy to watch and uh, a phenomenal. Uh, they're eight and two on their their last ten. So are the Jazz sit, sitting uh, a few games behind in fourth. Mavericks are holding on. Um, that was probably a good move, getting uh, rid of Kristaps Porzingis, uh, getting Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Davis Bertans. Um, Nuggets uh, eight and two in their last ten, six in a row. Uh, Jokic is playing phenomenal and like you said in that MVP conversation uh, T-Wolves Clippers, Lakers uh, Clippers, Lakers, 8-9 Pels, 10 uh, those teams, I don't know not really thinking you know they're going to be able to do very much better than what they're doing but uh, I love a lot of those Western Conference teams this year Oh yeah, no, I, I, I think there's a lot of parody in the league this year. There really is, uh, apart from the Warriors and the Suns. Apart from, but in that, but even with that being said, look at the Grizzlies' record. Yeah. They're slowly catching up to the Warriors and Suns. Amazing, you know, like, and that that's a testament just to how good that Grizzly squad is, and to the commitment that they've made on defense as well. You know, they made that commitment, and all of a sudden, their um, uh, their wins and losses. Did a did a mad reversal right away. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. West Very. is tough. East is tough. East is tougher because it looks like um, the 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 teams' records are a lot closer than they are in the West. So, I think you know once the playoffs start, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic to watch. It's gonna be great, great yeah. theater. Um, okay, one last uh, note uh, from the NF world of NFL. Uh, we talked last week about the Bengals' uh, safety retiring at the age of 30. We got some massive shocking news today that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Pro Bowl left guard Ali Marpet is retiring at 28 years old. 28 and just finished off his first Pro Bowl season. Uh, best offensive lineman for the Bucks, and he's walking away from the game, uh, not even into his 30s. Wow. Well, it, again, like I've always said, there's always usually a reason behind why these guys walk away so young, and that's usually a medical issue that they do not want to divulge. Hmm. So I, I wish that young man all the best in the world. Hopefully he's made enough that he's got a little nest egg there. But uh, you know you know how it goes, man. Like if if whatever they're dealing with trumps, like, you know, like their career, which is you put your life at risk, well, yeah. then career's over. Yeah. It. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's something that I hate to see because, uh, yeah, I always – I just always think the guy's going to regret it, you know. He's – going to be in his 40s 50s 60s saying oh man i could have played a little more i really wish i had and um yeah but uh he was due to make 10 million dollars in uh this coming year and he walked away from that so uh yeah there's got to be some reasons um yeah hopefully hopefully he has a great post career he said he wants to stay with the tampa bay organization in some capacity and he spent seven years there 
as a pro, uh, was able to win a Super Bowl. And um, yeah, but now he's walking away at 28 years old. Uh, kind of shocking. And uh, two weeks in a row, two guys walking away from teams that made the Super Bowl in the last two seasons. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it, it's a little bit shocking, but uh, <laughs> we're beginning to see this a little bit more and more as of late of young men deciding enough's enough. So obviously there's always reasons behind these things and whatever their reason is, I just wish them the best yeah. in their future endeavors. Uh, supposedly Kyler Murray has um, came over with a statement that says he's hundred percent wanting to sign with Arizona. Let's just make this happen. Uh, there was a lot of talk about him not wanting to be there anymore. He had swiped his Instagram of anything Cardinals logo wise. He had uh, you know, said that he was criticizing a lot of moves they had made and he wasn't, didn't really feel like uh, they wanted him to be part of the organization anymore, but uh, he's come uh, through with a statement through his agent that uh, yeah, he's fully on board. Uh, they want to negotiate a contract uh, when they can. Uh, he's only set to make, a million dollars on his current contract next year with a four and a half million dollar signing bonus, but less than a million dollars is on his actual player contract. So uh, Arizona's getting the massive steal, and uh, it would be just crazy if they weren't able to put something together and at least have them for this year because uh, you can put a lot of weapons around. A QB, if he's only making a million compared to Patrick Mahomes making 50, uh, you know, you got Kyler Murray only making a million dollar salary and you can't make him happy. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah that is insane. And also, too, it's kind of insane that it got to a point where you were thinking to yourself, do they actually want him in Arizona? He turned around the whole organization, that guy. So you just want to let that dude go? No, actually, what you should be doing is just paying him, making sure he's happy, and then going forward and trying to win some Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Man, we have frozen so many times in this episode. uh, People are going to be like, what the hell? Uh, Hopefully our crazy faces that get frozen about 40 times tonight aren't all over social media creating these viral uh, moments but yeah uh you said i froze in one crazy hilarious position and you have as well uh you laughed pretty hard i didn't quite laugh as hard but i I, i'm sure gonna watch this uh later on tonight (laughs) and over the next few days and and uh, I'll probably be able to figure out the face that actually froze <laughs> where you said it looked pretty funny. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm still laughing over it. So, yeah, yeah. Great. So so apologies to our listeners about the technical issues. These things happen. They yeah. happen. Okay, man. Well, have a really great night. Uh, good luck tomorrow heading all the way out to Camp Howdy. And I uh, hope it's uh, not too rainy and cold out there. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll cross paths sometime tomorrow morning. Thanks for doing this. As always, um, yeah, let's have a great week ahead. Looking forward to USC 272 and some phenomenal basketball, man. Um, yeah, that's a uh, great, great podcast. And, and let's hope... Um, 
Putin gets uh, soon and we don't have to talk about these Russian athletes anymore uh, under this horrible regime. <laughs> are you there? You're, oh, I lost. Oh, oh there you oh, are. Okay. You, you came back. Okay, so with that being said, <laughs> signing off. <laughs> Adios, signing off. Okay, All buddy. right, man. have a good night. Cheers, man. Thanks. You too. You too. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Man, man, man. Did we ever have technical difficulties tonight? Why, 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 why? Man, sometimes it's a challenge, eh? Anyway, yeah. Jeez. Uh, Send me some comments. If, you know, if you agree. Um, you know, I heard somebody, a few people say that they weren't supporting the Olympics this past year because of all the atrocities that China had done to their own people and the way the human rights... Um, problems and issues and stuff. And I said, you know, hey, let's just keep politics out of it. All these athletes have spent so many years uh, trying to make this Olympics. This is their, you know, four, you know, every four years, they're um, trying to get on the world stage and, and show the world how great they are at, at their chosen passionate sport. And so, you know, I, I supported and watched the Olympics. And, you know, maybe that was a mistake on my part. But uh, for some reason, this Russian invasion of Ukraine is hitting me a lot harder and, and really showing uh, the world that Russia just has a complete lack of empathy towards uh, anybody after being told, no, this is wrong. Don't do this. Don't do this. And they're they're killing, you know, they're killing these people to try to take back a territory and not allow them to have their sovereignty. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, the slaps on the wrists, uh, the things that have been done to Russia haven't changed uh, anything one iota. And, and uh, yeah, I'm not happy. I, I, I don't I think Russians worldwide should be punished and until they can get uh, uh, this dictator out of this uh, this job and get somebody that's going to um, yeah be reasonable and, and not doing things like this. Um, yeah. We shouldn't be supporting anything Russian. Anyway, I do want to talk about our supporters of this podcast. Uh, we have great partners and sponsors. Uh, Anchor.fm has been a phenomenal partner. They are really great at posting on multiple uh, platforms they call themselves the easiest place to make a podcast. And um, yeah, I believe them. Uh, go to anchor.fm if you'd like to do that. Uh, Verbero, the hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology performance and value. Uh, V350 stick is a must to have. Um, we want to talk about Pampas and Possibilities. Uh, you want them in your house. You want them to come in and uh, fix that place to spruce it up, make it look awesome. Um, and uh, Forever Living, the aloe vera company for health and beauty products. Uh, go to our website and you can find details about all of those and purchase some products uh, at very amazing discounted rates. So thank you for your support as always. Thank you for sticking in and, and just listening and bearing through it after it froze so many times. Man, these technical issues are a problem. I can't wait to, um, yeah, we're, we're going to figure out something where Jason and I can do these live with each other, and we hopefully will not have uh, issues like that anymore. So 
stay tuned. Uh, can't wait. COVID, uh, let's hope COVID's almost done. We're reaching close to the two-year anniversary of it uh, when it kind of uh, finally stopped North America dead in its tracks for a little while. Anyway, love you lots. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening, watching. Thank you for everybody that contributes to this. And uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Go to our website. There's a lot of really fun stuff to, to check out on a daily basis. Okay. Love you guys lots. Bye.